office bookshelves and my home library are filled with different self-help books from a variety of different authors from all walks of life. Each has their own approach to living a healthy, full, balanced whole life. Why do I have so many? Well, for one thing, I love to learn, so I'm always seeking information on how to live a better life, both for me and for others. And to be honest, I think I'm still trying to figure out how to live that healthy, full, balanced whole life. How do we get out of survival mode and really thrive in life? That's a good question. Now, he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And just then, there appeared a woman who had a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him, You hypocrites! Does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for eighteen long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things he was doing. In our Gospel text today, Jesus healed a woman from a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. Wonderful! I am sure she was absolutely overjoyed, and in fact, Lou writes that she immediately stood up and began to praise God. How amazing for her! But you know, Jesus was in the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And the leader of the synagogue took issue with Jesus' healing on the Sabbath. Because, you know, there are six days in which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. They were totally missing the point. And Jesus schooled them on their narrow interpretation of the scriptures. About a year and a half ago, I found this graphic of a man. And one side of it, he was walking all slouched. He, he was sad. And the text said, without Jesus. On the other side, he was standing up straight. He was whistling. He was dancing. He was happy. And the text said, with Jesus. It reminded me of this text of the woman who had been healed. And yes, I wholeheartedly believe that Jesus heals, Jesus saves. I mean, the entire biblical story talks of that. But there's more to the story than just that. This woman was healed, and that's amazing for her. But I don't think that her life was all roses and rainbows afterwards. I don't think that boiling Jesus down to be simple, without Jesus, life is terrible, and with Jesus, life is awesome type of meme. I don't think that's all that helpful, truthfully. Like with the leaders who were mad about Jesus healing on the Sabbath, that kind of narrow interpretation of Scripture just doesn't line up with the reality of life. It's like when people say that you just have a Jesus-sized hole in your heart, and if you accept Jesus, then that hole will be filled and life will be great. It's not that simple. I found another graphic about a year later that, that spoke to my soul, oh my gosh. It said, loving Jesus 
doesn't always cure suicidal thoughts. Loving Jesus doesn't always cure depression. Loving Jesus doesn't always cure anxiety. Loving Jesus doesn't always cure PTSD. You can love Jesus and have a therapist too. You can love Jesus and take medication too. Please get whatever help you need. You matter. You matter to God. You matter to others. This, this is the truth. Loving God does not mean that life is free from challenges. But through God, we can find wholeness. And through that wholeness, hope. There are many resources available to help us try and figure out what wholeness means for us. My earlier comment on my vast library is an example. But for the sake of simplicity, let's look at wholeness being a balance between our spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical well-being. Or even body, mind, and spirit. Spirituality is an important part of wholeness. When we talk about being resilient people, we talk about being able to bounce back from life's challenges. And spirituality, which is that belief in connection, a power greater than ourselves, aka God, and interconnections that are grounded in love and compassion, that is such an important part of resiliency. Another component of it is being able to cultivate hope. Hope isn't necessarily an emotion, it's a way of thinking, and it's learned. Hope is so powerful. We've talked for the last few weeks about finding hope through certainty, civility, and rest. Hope and wholeness helps us to heal from struggles, disappointments, and heartaches. It helps us develop resiliency. It helps us to know that there is more to us than just the physical or mental or emotional challenges that we face. Now, circling back to the woman who was crippled that Jesus healed, she had been hunched over for 18 long years. I'm going to guess that after that many years, the physical pain was affecting her mentally, emotionally, and spiritually as well. She was physically healed by Jesus. Emotionally, I'm going to guess that she was absolutely overjoyed. Mentally, I would venture that she was probably also overwhelmed with those emotions and with the knowledge that she could actually stand up straight, which meant so many doors were going to be open to her. Now, spiritually, Scripture says that she praised God for the healing. Everything in ourselves is interconnected. Healing one part of ourselves ends up helping us heal the rest of us, too. I love Jesus' response to those criticizing him for healing on the Sabbath. He says, You hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? Everything that we do is connected, and God cannot be put in a box. God cares about us as whole people, not just parts of us. This woman was healed, and through that healing, she found hope. But my guess, though, is that she had hope throughout her ailment. 
You know, I think back to those earlier images that I spoke of. Man walking sad and hunched over without Jesus versus being all happy and carefree with Jesus and the Jesus-sized hole in your heart. You know, I've been that guy who's been sad and walking hunched over, and guess what? I am quite positive that I was just as much a child of God who had been saved by Jesus then. And I didn't have a Jesus-sized hole in my heart either. God hadn't left me. I know that God was and is walking with me during those periods of sadness, of depression, of struggles. Having the hope that God is walking with us in the struggles and in the times when we don't feel whole, that helps us get through those times. Eventually, darkness passes, spring comes, light shines, wholeness comes. Instead of thinking that we're alone and without God when we're not feeling whole, when we are weary, trust in the hope that God is with you. How can we thrive instead of just survive? That's still a good question. I think it starts with having hope that God is with us always. Taking one step at a time. Breathing. You are not alone. You matter. You matter to God. You matter to others. Trust in that promise. Thanks be to God for it. Amen. This next week, I encourage you to take a deeper look by journaling about meditating on or talking about these questions either by yourself or with another person or a small group. First, think to a time when you felt like the guy who was sad and slouched over. What brought you hope? And second, when we talk about being whole in body, mind, and spirit, what does that look like for you?